This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello, and welcome to episode number 41. Is that okay to say, Steve? I mean... No, it's the 41st. I really, I really am tired of the whole... The 41st, and I, I'm trying to make my okay. own mark at the moment, so I'm going to say number 41. Um, 41st. 41. 41st. Anyway, I'm obviously joined today by my colleague Stephen Layton of Has Been. Good afternoon, Stephen. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Uh, very good, thank you. Uh, yeah, um, super good, but not seeing you for a very long time. No, it, it's been absolutely ages, like like about a week. <laughs> It feels like ages in my in my book. Back at Cuff North in Manchester, we did uh, UK yeah, coffee throwing. That was throwing. lots of fun as well. It was, yeah, yeah. We did UK coffee throwing and the Sunday program with uh, six fabulous speakers, one of whom was our own Colin Harmon. Um, I think yeah, we he had wasn't a great time. so good. Aww. Yeah, yeah. No, he really let the side down. I mean, I wish he'd done some preparation and thought of a good topic. Uh, no, he was excellent, and as as were all the speakers. Um, they really were. I, I had a personal favourite. I must admit, from it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think everybody I've spoken to were, was exactly the same. Um, who was that? Laurent. Yes. Laurent was just amazing. It was so cool to have somebody who has absolutely no idea about the coffee industry, but was um, so interested in what we did and uh, was seeing similarities like, sorry, Nick Cho, but the wine <laughs> analogy. The wine guys love the wine and coffee analogy. Um, it seems to be a thing. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was very, very cool. I thought he was charming. He was clever. He got his points across really well. Um, no, it was a fantastic presentation. But then there were others as well. Gordon, Matt North, both yeah. set the park. They really did, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, those videos, I think uh, I can't wait to get them up online and, um, and uh, yeah, start sharing them with everybody. I think it was... Uh, it was very, very good. I'm really excited. Everyone was really um, invested in preparing their presentation. And it was uh, like Laurent like Laurent and I were going back and forth for about three months. And I think Matt North and I for about two and a half months. And Gordon, despite the fact that he was super busy, like we, we had a lot of back and forth. And um, I think it's probably the most I've been involved with our speakers so far. And that was a great experience for me. And I'm really excited to see the, the final videos. And, and I'm luckily, I've been able to have the same experience with our speakers in Paris next week, too. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, but in addition... I think, I think a, special, a special mention, before we move yes, on from that, yeah. I think a special mention uh, for, for Colin, who, who should be joining us on this one, yes. but uh, has got stuff going on at home. And luckily, everything's good now and everything's okay. But we thought we would give him a... Another week off. Yes, um, absolutely. To uh, to spend with to spend with the family. So yeah, everything's cool there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I kind of miss Colin. It was really good to catch up with him because I haven't done a podcast for a while with him, and and uh, I haven't seen him for ages. I haven't been across to Ireland for quite a while. So um, it was fantastic to get him in the UK, catch up with him, and uh, yeah, he's going to be back on the next one for sure. And you know, we we, we look forward to having him there. So. Yeah, it'll be nice to get the family back together. Um, but we also, you know, we had all three of us there for UK coffee throwing, and I think it was pretty successful. You know, we had we had some super tasty beer from Buxton, and and most importantly, um, we were able to bring up our total of grounds for health donations to in, in the name of coffee tossers to uh, three hundred and sixty two U S dollars. Um, so that's really exciting. It it shows that there's some 
there's some love there for Grounds for Health, but also that the people see this as a, as a nice way to get together. And um, I'm really excited about that, too, because that was not something I really planned on doing with you guys when I came over to Tamper Tantrum. And somehow it's become a big part of my life. So um, It has. It yeah. has. And I think there was a lot of organization uh, in getting the light in there for that and, and, and all of that and getting the beer there as well. And Buxton. I like, when has WBC had a beer sponsor? Never. You know, World Coffee Throwing Championships, we have beer sponsors, and I think that's the way forward for, for barista competition. Um, yeah, and, and, and a shout out to our judges as well, Will yes. Corby and Laro, and um, Gordon, who stepped in for Laro after. No, after and Francesco, um, who and also Francesco. gave an amazing presentation. So, what I was most impressed with was that Francesco, so I don't know if anyone knows, but his. His house was broken into the week before he came to Manchester. And he's in the middle. You know, he has so many things on his plate. And he, he'd he lost most of everything. He's in Brazil at the moment. So not only was he, like, super prepared to give his presentation, he whipped it out again. He had to recreate it from scratch. Um, he had to get his passport sorted so that he can come see us and then go to, go pretty much straight to Brazil, like, and, and just sort of take care of his own, his own home life, like, major major hugs and thank you to Francesco for being there and for being so involved and we really loved having him it was super to have him there I think the biggest thing for me was that you know so somebody who's super well known like Francesco was as, as, you know, really excited to give a presentation as well and really excited to be invited and, and I think that that made me feel super happy for for the future of Tampa Tantrum so yeah, yeah. it was it was very very good oh loving yeah okay so Mr Layton you're not in the UK right now are you I am not I have spent most of November not being in the UK. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> I, I flew into Manchester uh, from the Nordic Roasters Forum, mm -hmm. um, straight into uh, Manchester to do that there, and then I was there for a couple of days, and then I flew out to um, to Sweden. Back in Sweden. I'm currently in Stockholm, um, which is very, very quickly becoming one of my favourite cities in the world. Um, like... You can actually get on the metro without anybody trying to crush you to death. Yeah. Um, you can get really tasty food, um, but you don't have to queue for ever and ever and ever. Um, so it's kind of like London with all the bad bits taken away. Um, but yeah, spending Ooh. a lot of time in Stockholm. Controversial but exciting. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's it. I, the thing is with London, I love it because you've got great bars and restaurants and you know, you've got really good places to go out and great coffee shops and... But you've got all of that hustle and bustle, which just drives me crazy. Whereas here, there just seems to be a little bit more space to go around, but you've still got all those very cool things going on. Yeah. Super. Yeah. And and, and also, I'm kind of joined by a special guest. <gasps> um, I know. We haven't had a guest for at least two weeks. Oh, my so goodness. So we thought we should have another guest. <laughs> we love the guests. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, um, please, Joanna Allen. Say hello to everybody on Time for Tantrum. Be nice to them. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Joanna. It's the best you can do. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm certainly excited to have Joanna here today. Welcome to the fold, Joanna. You're joining the ever-growing ranks of Steve's business partners. <laughs> Proud to have you as my sister's yeah, business partner. Yeah, kind of collecting them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's like Pokemon. Got to catch them all. How, how do you feel about the, the, being a business partner in this part of another one of the men? So there's Jen, there's uh, there's Colin, and now there's you. There's there's a collection of them growing. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, like besides that, I'm super happy to be on board on the podcast. I've been longing to join you for a long while on this, so I'm super excited to be that and. Uh, 
chit-chat about our philosophies in coffee. Um, but yeah, the biggest new is, of course, having you as my business partner now. Yes, yeah, no, that was that that was that was quite unexpected. I think we'll go into that in a little while, but um, I mean, obviously, you spoke in Prague, so you're a previous speaker on Tamatone. You did the forum thing at the end as well. But for those who don't know you, which I can't imagine there's too many people who listen to this don't know, can you give us a quick rundown of kind of who you are, how you got involved in coffee, and what you're doing there? Yeah, I'm uh, Joanna. I started by running a coffee bar in Oslo, like soon ten years ago. And uh, ended up like looking for the favorite coffee bar that I knew in in Stockholm when I moved here, and um, I bumped into two guys, Oscar and Eric, who just started a coffee bar uh, at Maria Torjet, the southern part of uh, of Stockholm, and they were just about to buy a one and a half kilo roaster. So then I was keen and super interested, and. Um, yeah, now I'm the CEO, uh, came partner for, is it three years ago? And yeah. Congratulations, that's very mm-hmm. exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm sure the world is dying to know. Um, Steve, you're always talking about hostile takeovers. Um, how did this particular hostile takeover happen? Because now, now you're that- just as guilty. Well, that's kind of like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, SCAA taking over SCAA is a very different one to this. I think it was a much more, much less hostile. Mm. Um, I'm not sure whether it, like I was bullied into it or not, but um, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I'll let you tell the story. No, I you... think it was like mentioning Prague. Like it was sometime after that when I needed some consortium, and you came over to do that here in Stockholm. And uh, like we knew from earlier, and you mean you, you are in this tiny little world of business, and you see some people that you actually like connect with in um, in philosophy about coffee, in like as uh, persons, and um, so I I think we were like a fairly good like coffee match uh, already, and then we went to the um, uh, to the consulting part where you were helping me looking at the numbers, looking at our production and such. And um, by the end of, of that week, uh, my business partner or previous business partner, Eric, uh, said that he was keen to move to Oslo and we needed someone to, to buy his share in the company. I mean, it's kind of weird as well because I never do the consulting stuff. I get asked a lot on email, it's, you know, some, you know, I get an email from somebody saying, "Can you come across and do this? Can you, you know, can you come across and help us look at these things?" And I don't think I've actually got any extra knowledge that anybody else has about how to run a coffee business. But like, there was something about I quite fancied the idea of coming to Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somewhere I've, I've I've always wanted to visit, so it was a, a, an opportunity to come here. But um, yeah, just kind of t- t- talking about things and looking at the setup here. I mean, the, the coffee shop is. Super impressive. It's, um, I mean, it's one of the one of the BuzzFeed twenty five yeah. coffee shops to visit before you die. List. So it, that that was something that was really exciting. And 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 but also the like the you know, we we share a lot of the same philosophies where we talk about roasting for espresso and not which we don't uh, because it's stupid. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like um, I remember I remember um, watching Joanna's talk in Prague and going, "This is." Ex- this is pretty similar to what Steve has been saying for a while and, and people haven't really been listening to Steve, but they're listening to Joanna and that's really interesting. And, and also like 
that's really, I think, validating that, that there are other people that share those beliefs in coffee. So, um, yeah, it make, makes a lot of sense to me, but um, certainly... I think it's because I'm not cool enough to have <laughs> listening to me. Joanne is far cooler than I am. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it, but there's, it's not just that. I mean, it's the kind of coffees as well, you know, yeah. that, you know, have, having those you know, kind of high quality, always trying to get the very best of origin, um, you know, always trying to present them in the, the, the best way that you possibly can. Um, I mean, I think there's lots of things we end up disagreeing on too. You know, it's like, it's, it's not like it's just a complete, oh, this, this really fits. But the arguments that we both have for them, I think we kind of end up respecting the different positions that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of, it, it, I don't know, it just kind of plays out. It, it, it works, it works well. Um, yeah, but I think it's important to say that, like, since drop coffees, like, we are similar as, like, in, in our coffee minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we believe in, but it's like some values that have built up drop coffee, and uh, one of the biggest parts there is is the thirst and the eager to always like try to push ourselves and never be happy with one single cup. Mm-hmm. Now I've learned that I should drink champagne more often, but it's <laughs> like a, a, it's a little tricky to like to actually be happy and just try to push that further yeah. all the time. And I think that's very specific with drop that we are like very picky about the raw coffees we're buying how we're roasting consistently thinking how can we make this better is this what we know about roasting now and how can we improve this yeah and i think that mindset like to me it's super clear not to roast for espresso if we talk about the the proud talk like it's it's super clear to me it was kind of like yeah but should i really even talk about this because for me it's so so obvious it's like right. of course i don't want to enroll notes of course i don't want to you know like not present everything possible mm-hmm. in that cup and that we otherwise have to question how we're brewing the coffee and, and such and i think it's just like to to try to find the words and how you explain this but i mean for both and like I, I remember when we talked after the talk mm-hmm. and we were like yeah but this is like yeah, like it's it's not a good talk. It's just like very 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 obvious. <laughs> um, <laughs> whilst you, Steve, and you, Jan, talk more about but to actually find the words and communicate your visions and ideas. I think that's been the hardest part with it. So I did a I did an article for the SCIE magazine that they send out, I forget what it's called now, but I did an article on there about roasting roasting for brew method and how I, I didn't feel it was a good thing. And, and I, I read it back, like, I don't know, when it was published, and I kind of went, I, I still haven't got the words right. And I still haven't <laughs> got the, the words 100% right for yeah. what I'm trying to explain and how I'm trying to explain it. Must be, you can just quote me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm fine, thanks. I'll definitely come up with my own words if that's all right. Um, but I think there's... Um, we, we, we talked about something yesterday and we were talking about how we don't even have that argument and that conversation anymore about, you know, the fair trade, mm-hmm. you know, which is something that kind of used to come up three, four years ago. It was something I'd be saying all the time. It's like, oh, no, well, we do better than that. We do something different to that. And we, you know, whereas now I, don't, I just don't even engage in the conversation. And I hope that roasting for the very best for the coffee and not for a brew method is actually a conversation in a few years' time we don't have anymore mm-hmm. because it is a really boring conversation. You know, it's kind of like... I, I can appreciate if if I talk to somebody who really likes to roast dark and that's what they want to achieve with their coffee, I'm kind of really happy for them that they've found that place that they want to be and want to do. Yeah. And if I if there's somebody that wants to roast for espresso and do it wrong, I, I'm happy with them to be able to do it wrong too. But like, I don't want to have the conversation with them 
like all the time. It almost becomes you become a one uh, a one topic pony almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. and 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 I'm really kind of getting to the point now where I think it's time to like go move on. If you don't like the coffee, that's fine. I'm really comfortable with you. Don't like my my roast style. Um, I probably don't like yours. Uh, because you disagree with me, and 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 you know, then you just move on. It's it, it's going to be a conversation we end up stop having. I think, uh, and the sooner the better for me. I think it's kind of it's been done. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I, Jonah, you did you did a presentation at Nordic Roasters Forum that we're going to talk a little bit further about, which I think kind of like kind of brought it into what those words, and, and I will steal some of those words from that presentation because I really liked it. and I already have started stealing them. Um, but I think you know that that, that was a uh, that was a presentation very much focused on that and almost putting a full stop on it. It seemed. Yeah. Now I like the metaphor. Like what we what I did then was that I was using the like a beautiful picture and mm-hmm. thinking about it as a as a TV and using a remote control um, where you can highlight the sharpness, you can highlight the warm colors in it you can make it black and white you can make it dark yeah and like how actually the roasting impacts um, the coffee and i think the most important is for different roasters just what we're saying like you can have i think every roastery should have their visions and their ideas like it's no mm-hmm. it's no fixed answer but about to find your picture and what you wish to create and what you wish to highlight how much do you wish to to change this specific picture, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and rather that than look at raw coffee and say like, okay, what do we have here, and what do I in this company and this brand want to create, and um, and have a, I mean, it's it's kind of an opinion, but it also like facts what you wish to to create. Right. So, and if you want your picture to be a little bit darker, that's fine. That's really cool. Just because it's for a. A different, a different brew method makes it a bit darker. That's okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I don't know. I really like that metaphor of you never take a TV out of the box and suddenly make it black and white, you know. Because, but you can do that. You can take all of the color away, you know. Or you never take a TV out of the box and suddenly make the picture very unbalanced and all harsh and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, you take it out and you, you know, you you set it up to your eyes. And it may be that somebody else comes in and looks at that picture and goes, "God, that's really bright," or "That's mm-hmm. you know, really, you know." transparent and the colours aren't very vivid on there and and but it's for your eyes and everybody needs to set up their roasting for their own palettes and yes. their, their own things they want to achieve and I, I, I really I really did like that 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 analogy too. I thought it was a it was a very very smart analogy. And I think like when you talk to different roasters as well you see this like that you do have like some like you can all agree on like yeah absolutely you would like a sweetness and you would like this to extract well and you would like but I think it's like still that we do have some different keywords mm-hmm. that we are working towards and some would like to present the character at the most but don't care if it's a dull no to it whilst I'm like my biggest concern is to get out to clean cup without any like flavors that I'm liking the cup. And presented at this most. I mean, everybody just have to find their their eyes. Yeah. So this is this is really fascinating to me because this sort of came up in Gordon's talk in Manchester, where he he pointed out um, quite rightly so, and I think it it was kind of a a big moment for me because I 
I knew it, but I kind of had forgotten it, that the brew ratio that we use, the 60 grams per liter, is the same it's been since the 50s and the 60s. Um, yes. and, and he's advocating for us to start using, to, to test out different brew methods and to, to, to basically, you know, fine tune the picture for our eyes. If we, the coffee that we get from roasters, you know, maybe not one, like one brew method doesn't fit all or shouldn't fit all. All the coffees are really different. And, um, and so it's interesting to see this coming into a philosophy of brewing as well. This idea that you know you should you should be doing what you like, um, what you believe is best for the coffee, but it is going to be very personal. Um, and that there are basic qualities of uh, basic standards of quality that, that fit across the board. But maybe it's time for us to be a little bit braver and a little bit um, more open to trying new things and to to playing around with some of the stuff that we're working on. So it's. I think, well, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of similarities with, with the whole roasting for espresso thing that comes across because it's basically making it easier for the barista. So the barista picks up a coffee and goes, six grams per litre, there we go, serve it out and it's done. And I was told that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and roasting a little bit darker for, for a brew method or a little bit lighter for a brew method is actually just making the barista's job easier because they go, I, I, can, I, I can extract this easier, I can get exactly what I want out of it easier if it's a little bit more soluble, if it's a little bit more, you know, a, a little bit more in the park that I want it to be. Um, but actually, you know, baristas spend their whole time trying to make life more complicated. They try to start staring at their water and work out what's happening with that and they try and work out, you know, design a brand new espresso machine or a brand new grinder. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to spend the time actually developing a brew recipe for the coffee in, in Gordon's presentation, say, or getting the best out of the coffee by using the tools that they have to, to you know, bring out those notes that they want in the coffee. Um, and I hate the I hate it that it, it's thought that the roaster should be the person that has to compromise because I don't think the roaster should have to compromise. It should be nobody should have to compromise. You know, it should be about getting the very very best out of this and you know working to find the solutions. Um, yeah, I'll get off that soapbox because it's high up here and I might fall off. Well, I mean, so, so it's really obvious to me that both of you do have, that you share a philosophy of coffee in, in lots of ways. But like I know, um, like I don't, I've never had the pleasure of going to Stockholm and seeing Drop and I hope that I get a chance to do that very soon. Um, but that, you know, while the businesses are similar in lots of ways, you guys share similar philosophies, they're, they're fairly different in other ways. So um, like I know that there's been quite a lot of chatter uh, on the interwebs, uh, most notably sort of like from the Instagram post that Drop put up, um, wanting to know if anything is going to change. Like, is it, will things change at Drop? Will they? Will you guys sort of mix with Has Been more, or will things stay fairly simple, like different and separate? Like, what what's happening there? I, th- I think I'm going to let Joanne answer this one, but I'm going to just start by saying something about it first. Is like this isn't this isn't Has Been buying fifty percent of Drop. Uh, this isn't this isn't a has been thing. This is very much a, a Steve Layton thing. Um, that you know, it's a new opportunity and a new challenge. Um, and I'm going to be very very quiet from now on, <laughs> just as I am in that everything to do with my my job title at Drop is head of paper clips. Um, and and I, I'm allowed to choose the paper clips, although I'm not allowed to see them. They're locked in Joanna's drawer, and I'm not allowed to go anywhere near them or have any responsibility for them. But I am head of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, I mean, Joanna, I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you say this about you know what's going to change. No, but I mean, uh, of course, you have experience from from your other companies. Uh, absolutely, of of course, you do, and that's your experience and things that we I absolutely like, yeah, like skills um, you have. But this is this drop coffee and drop coffee staying drop coffee, and then you have other brands where you do 
different visions and what you dream about there. And I think that what's uh, a good match, so if we talk about the experience you have from from before, like say how I am, I am just like a um, girl, woman with a huge will uh, and ideas in coffee. And it's more or less been that I've learned the entrepreneur and how to run a business. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say I'm as fu su successful in it as I'm um, in, in coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know drop coffee, the coffee part and what I wish to create and our uh, crew and our values and what that is. But I actually have someone who's a bit like smarter about yeah. how to <laughs> run. Really? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, taking that one. <laughs> uh, no, but actually I like to, that knows how to, how to run a business, what margins you should be on and those like, yeah, tricky questions that yeah. you need like all all angles from so um, I find it being a fantastic fit and like nonetheless like how much I will miss Eric it still is like I feel very safe and steady mm -hmm. and we know each other well and what we wish to create with drop we have done all of our goals and like it's only that drop is saying drop but we will be a little more smarter and we have also said that we should try to have a, a lot of fun yeah yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's the thing. If I wanted to create has been in Sweden, I would have just come and created has been in Sweden, yeah. and it would have been a lot easier. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I kind of I, I want to be involved in Drop, and I wanted to uh, to to help with it because I found it exciting. I, I like the brand. I like what it stands for. Um, I, I I like the opportunity of having something different. I mean, if people look at Three Fe and look at has been, I think. People will agree they're very different. Yeah. Um, you know, when me and Colin got involved together, it was not about recreating what we had in the UK. It was about creating something new um, and doing something different. And I think it's exactly the same with with Drop. Is that this is a an opportunity to do something completely different? All the things that you know I, I that wouldn't fit in has been. You know, they 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 may fit in in Drop. There may be you know ideas that we can grow and develop and do different things now. We can take advantage of the logistics that I have. Yeah. You know, we're like we're moving regular containers from, you know, lots of different countries, and drop is another size that it can do that. So it can take advantage of you know space we have left over or coffees, you know, that you know Joanna finds and wants to move. We can we can do that. But in regards to actually changing um, the approach, the style, the the mythology, the ideas, it's kind of like. Why would it? You know, yeah. it, it's already a very well established brand that I'm really excited to be involved in. Why would I then want to change it? That, that just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, also, I'm not here, so you know, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of I pop in for a few days here and there, and then disappear back to England. And and then you know, Joanna's running it. So how much influence I have to be able to change it? I don't. I don't think there is. It's um, now, it, it, it's strong as it is, and we just want to make it stronger and smarter and more agile and, and, and hopefully more profitable. Um, you, you will step in, though, like for a week for our shop manager, Lisa, when she's <laughs> yeah, this And is, this is totally new for you. Like, talking about roasteries and everyone should be more more brave in uh, in quality coffee. Mm -hmm. um, like, that is totally new ground for you. What, what do you think, Jen? Do you think this is a good idea, me managing the shop for a week? Because when I mentioned it to Colin, it took him about 25 minutes until he stopped laughing. <laughs> well, I won't, I won't take 25 minutes. But um, no, I think 
I mean, I, I have to second Joanna that, you know, that's one of the best things about working with you and Colin is the same thing. Like I'm very much in a position where I have lots of ideas and there are lots of things that I want to do, but I don't necessarily have the entrepreneurial skill or the, the business savvy. And that's where bouncing ideas and uh, like financial plans and stuff with, like that, uh, you know, off the walls with you and Colin is, is really helpful. Um, but I think for you, the, the value in sort of like working with people like Joanna and I is that it forces you to, to wrap your head around new challenges and you're always looking for new challenges. So I don't know what the shop will look like after a week of you managing it, um, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you'll have um, an interesting, fun and enlightening time doing it, even if the rest of the people involved don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just hoping we've still got crew at the end of the week. It's like crew and customers are the two things I'm going to try and keep. Uh, the rest of it can go, but yeah, no, it, I mean, that that's fun. It's a great opportunity to, um, you know, experiment and learn and kind of understand how a coffee shop works. You know, we have loads of wholesale customers in the UK who, you know, I'll say, oh, you should try this or you should do that, and you say, oh, what do you know? You've never run a shop, and right. I kind of stand there and go. Well, actually, I, I did for three years, but it was a really bad shop, so I'm not going to bring that up. Um, you know, but like, you know, this is a great opportunity to say, well, actually, you know, and I and I do a lot with Three FE because you know, I'll t Colin, you know, we'll, we'll me and Colin bounce a lot of ideas backwards and forwards yeah. about the shop, and now I have that. Oh well, you know, I, I do. I work I work very closely with Colin, and now I have the you know the great opportunity to say, oh well, I also work with Joanna at Drop, and you know, these are two coffee shops that are hugely respected and I think they will work in your shop you know that whole mm -hmm. thing where people turn around oh my customers won't get it and all of that I think Matt North did a great presentation again going back to yeah. Manchester thing where he was you know customers get it everywhere but the, the customers are not stupid um, but having the opportunity to actually put those ideas into practice in, in, a, in an environment as great as Drop and as, as great as 3FE I think it's really exciting and that's the one thing that I really am looking forward to been involved with drop is just that having those new challenges and not having to worry about a roastery i mean I, i've got my own roasteries well i've got two roasteries to worry about i really don't want to worry about a third um you know but worrying about uh, a coffee shop colin doesn't let me near the coffee shop so this is great so i get a, a really good chance to to play and, and expand my knowledge and, and my experiences so yeah it's going to be fun so with that in um, mind I actually want to turn this over to Joanna really quick um, so if Steve takes over the shop for the week like I know a lot about the UK and Irish coffee scenes but not so much about what's going on in Sweden like I've only I've only had the pleasure of being there once like once in Stockholm when you and I first met when you were doing your, your judges training and then I was there you know for Gothenburg obviously earlier this year um, but I've never actually had the pleasure of spending a lot of time in Sweden and getting to, to visit lots of shops so like what is Steve in for like what's going on in Sweden right now and how is it different from what else is happening in the world? I mean, we have from the beginning we have such a strong coffee culture I think that's very like in, in the Nordics in general mm -hmm. I mean the, the liters per day that we are, are drinking it's it's a lot and therefore I think we have such a such a big market that is actually something that you do like no matter the occasion you always have coffee I mean if you come into somebody's home, if you are, you know, um, having a funeral, if you're having a party, like if you're having a dinner, whatever it is, you start and finish it with with coffee in Sweden. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a, even if it's like, okay, how much do I, I dose my my spoon that I put in the, you know, right. can yeah, yeah. Uh, with, it, it's still like everyone has a very strong opinion about coffee. And with the movement that have been now that, 
people are more and more like looking for quality. You want to more know more about like okay, what's the actual name of the farmer, like or at least what country is this coffee from, and what am I drinking? Is it is it good? Is it healthy? So there, I think like in in that room, a lot of things are are happening. Same when we started six years ago, it was very unique that we were standing and and brewing. Um, coffee like on demand mm -hmm. by hand still though we didn't even manage to I mean we didn't dare I should say like talking about being brave we didn't dare to have scales because we we're afraid of scaring away the customers yeah that it was too much technology and it was too much yeah science behind it so we measured like secretly in the <laughs> about how much is this and you know and and I mean, we, we've been like so brave all the way up to here, and now it's actually starting to to let go. We have a lot of good cafes uh, opening, and even the restaurants you see in in Stockholm are actually, like it's starting to happen. Like we've been saying for a lo long while, oh, they don't understand, they don't see it, and they don't. I, I can't say how much they are willing to pay, but at least they, mm -hmm. do, they do care, and they want to have a more fair product and a more tasty product than, than they used to have. And now you think it's like to to just stay brave and see like, okay, how do we work further from, from this point? Yeah. Uh, and what we can do, we have so many diff different, like if we say like, if we are talking about perhaps on a, on, yeah, if we talk the cup of excellence is probably slightly above 80 to up to 85 coffees there that are now coming into to the market and mm -hmm. more looking at better coffee at the supermarket and such and those are just like expanding we have um, um quality coffee roasters who are like having it as an extra job in their like steve in his garage <laughs> uh, no but really and like it's it's uh, it's crazy how many roasters it's been sold like the last uh, couple of years in sweden and it's so many more roasters on the market and then i think it's perhaps a handful that's starting to become two hands mm -hmm. of, um, of very good rosters. And I think the most important is that, uh, I mean, the one who would be, this is from the six years ago, and we roasted on a one kilo Dietrich, mm -hmm. uh, on a one kilo Gisen back in our cafe. And we didn't buy as good raw coffee as we are now. I mean, it's very quickly that you can either like take a lead or miss a gap. Right. And like it's so much more always that you can do to make a, a better cup and um, of coffee. We're now taking away the like if we just look at how we're serving coffee, it's just like okay, but what we recommend is espresso or if we just have a cream and milk as in a cappuccino and that amount. Mm -hmm. So that is what we now are taking away from, from last week uh, at the menu that we actually only have espresso and cappuccino that we do recommend of course you can always order whatever you like but to actually like keep on communicating what what we like mm -hmm. what we want to do so yeah i mean I, I think the most interesting thing coming from outside into looking into the swedish market is that there's a couple of things i've noticed i mean i knew a little bit about it anyway because we have we have a heap of, of web sale customers that the buy from Sweden. We just we we have a man in Malmo is somewhere that I kind of consistently see people buying from um, and, and and sending to. So that we I knew there was this kind of like desire for quality coffee, but you come and the bottom level, so the real kind of basic level coffee, 
it's actually a billion times better than the basic level coffee of uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. Like, a billion times better. Mm. But the higher end, there seems to be a lot less. Uh, and it's starting, you definitely get that feeling there's more and more people coming into the market. But, you know, the kind of, I don't know, the, the, the UK has been on fire for uh, the last five years for coffee roasters setting up in coffee shops, setting up and all the rest of that. But, like, I, I think to... You, you, there's no way you can just be okay in this market because you'll get eaten up by the the commercial guys who are di- not doing a terrible job. So if you're just okay and they're just a little bit worse than you, but they're a lot cheaper and they've got a big lot bigger marketing budget, yeah. they'll wipe you out. Whereas you, if you stand out as a, as a market leader, then I think you have a chance of succeeding. You have a chance of surviving and staying because you will really stand out as you know. You talk about roasters in Sweden, and if you get past three you're quite knowledgeable. Like, I, I, I challenge people listening here, or you, you, Jen, to kind of think, you think of three, and there's three who jump to mind, and after mm. that, you start struggling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? And, and so I think that that higher end is, is you, you, re, you know, that's a chance of succeeding. But if you're just okay in this market, I think those commercial guys will just gobble you up. I um, should have said that. I mean, they are still doing good business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they still have their... The market. It's like in this, uh, the Red and Blue Ocean book. But I think it's really, I think the, the commercial guys do have a really, and, and, and I do think they do a good job. That's what I'm trying to say, is I think that they really do um, a much better job than the commercial guys in the UK do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, much better. I mm. think they do an excellent job in comparison. And that's why you, if you're just okay, those guys are very close to you, because they're, they're not a long way from okay. So you've got to be exceptional to really stand out. That, that, that's my take from coming in from outside anyway and looking at it I've, uh, and I've obviously been spending a lot of time thinking about it and researching yeah well I mean she's, she's putting the shop in your hands for a week so you have to um. yes yes <laughs> yeah yeah I do hope it's there at the end of the week Lisa the shop manager uh, we were talking yesterday and uh, I think she's a little scared <laughs> well because like in addition to this challenge of coming from from one culture to another and you know sort of stepping in like the other big challenge that we've kind of been skirting around so far is the fact that um you uh how's your swedish getting on there <laughs> ja, ja. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah tack yeah, yeah. Great. i say tack a lot um, yeah no but i think you'll actually like yeah, surprisingly good i would say I mean, you're doing a lot of the lingo. I think you have yours soon. I know all about the elephants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Duolingo tells you a lot about elephants. Now, I'm trying, and, and it's completely unimportant to speak uh, Swedish in Sweden and really important at the same time. Yeah. So unimportant is everybody speaks English. I mean, everybody speaks amazing English. Uh, I've been very, very lucky that, you know, Kind of you walk in and they can see you're struggling and they'll just go, do you want to speak English? I'm like, yes. Um, but uh, like, I think it's really important that you know if I'm going to manage a shop for a week, yeah. I need to be able to speak Swedish. Um, but and also, it, it, it's like little things like you know, the invoicing system that we have here. I had some problems with it on Friday and I couldn't work it out, and I was too scared to phone up in case they spoke Swedish to me. And then I ended up not getting the support I needed and 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 not being able to get the help from them. So yeah, it, it's I, I'm everybody knows me with Spanish is. My language skills are quite atrocious, um, but I do think it's really important if I'm going to work here, you know, how, however much input that is, I, I need to try and speak some of the Swedish. We have had so many roasters, like from abroad, mm-hmm. like either moving to Stockholm or moving to Stockholm for, for drop. And 
And after, I would say, like, give it half, half a year in the bar yeah. when you speak so good Swedish, I would say fluent. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least with those terms and everything yeah, yeah. The, that you do there. Like, it's not, it's, um, it's very easy to pronounce the words. Isn't it? No, no, <laughs> no. I can read. I can read more Swedish than I can uh, pronounce. So my pronunciations are atrocious. But anybody who's listened to me at WBC knows pronunciation like, isn't my thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like in English, your pronunciations are atrocious. Yes. <laughs> I love you, but they're atrocious. Yes. Yeah. No. No. I'm, I'm willing to accept that criticism, Jen. Uh, I think it's 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 very very valid. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's really hard, and it's really hard when everybody speaks English as well because there's no need right, and every yeah. need. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's been tough, but I'm practicing still. I'm, yeah, yeah. I was I'm gonna say like I've, I've been very impressed. Like when we when we have had the chance to to be in the same place at the same time, and we've been working together. Like I've caught you sort of like muttering under your breath and doing Duolingo. And at first, I thought you were just doing the typical thing. Like anybody who met Steve while he was in Gothenburg, um, or anybody who has been around Steve since, <laughs> might have noticed that he tends to to pull the the Swedish chef trick out of his hat which is like not really okay <laughs> but <laughs> he does it we anyway went, we, we supply a, a restaurant here Math, um, Matthias Dahlgren yeah Matthias Dahlgren and, and, and he's a Michelin star chef and I was talking to one of the guys there and apparently it's not cool to do the Swedish chef thing yeah it's not cool yeah no it's it's not it's not cool but like for the longest time I honestly I thought I thought that's what you were doing sort of under your breath and then I realized that you were learning words like turtle and elephant and I'm I'm really shoulder padding that's your favorite word isn't it it's my favorite word it's so cool like I really need to know about on Duolingo one of my favorite ones it came up with was the turtle was wearing a yellow hat and, and I'm really going to need that at some point in the future, I can I can see. You are, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's tough, but I think it's really important if you're going to work somewhere, then you need to you need to have at least some of the language. So I'm trying. That's good. Um, I think we're close to something like so interesting. I mean, the Nordic coffee culture is being seen as, as so considered big or having big um, impact mm-hmm. on the rest of the coffee world. But if you actually start to look at it, like yeah, I should rather say, like at the moment now in in the Nordics, perhaps it's uh, it's absolutely not more than ten mm-hmm. really good roasters, mm-hmm. or like that helps with the oh, am I being rude? Yeah, you've been really okay. rude again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, people are listening to this, you know. Honestly, they're they're going to come and crush us. Um, but yeah, I think I know. I think. That, I think those ten people though are so vocal and so influential. You know, we look at the lineup of speakers for Paris, yeah. and you know we've got Klaus and we've got Tim, um, both speaking, and both people who are huge personalities within mm. the, 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 the the coffee world. Yeah, but um, they have done so much both for the Nordic culture that have done like rings and water here. Yeah, but it also means like since perhaps it's not as much that's been going on, all this has been looked up to or something like the rings are actually all over the border in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now now but i think if you look at anywhere you know we we have a we have an idea in our heads that people have a bigger bigger influence than they do you know you look at the states and you look at the influence that's been had there and if you get past 10 roasteries there or that you you know you can really respect and you really mm-hmm. think you truly think are, are great you probably 
struggle. And I think, in, you know, you look at the, the UK scene, which I, I know a little bit more about, but like UK scene, you struggle to get past five, maybe, that are really doing a, a great job. And, and so I think we have a bigger idea in our head. We think the places are bigger and more influential, but I think the Nordic... <coughs> I don't know, I think the Nordic influence has been incredibly strong and I think it's been incredibly strong on lots of roasting styles. I think it's been very much a leader in the in the specialty um, boundaries kind of thing. And I think other countries have kind of picked it up and took it on as well and developed from that. But I think a lot of the foundations are built on that. You know, we hear it today still, you know, it's a Nordic roast, you know, <laughs> yeah. which basically means underdeveloped. Um, oh, but... <laughs> no! <laughs> That's what you do. That's like well, like when you get this big hangover of many of us who didn't develop the coffee properly in the beginning. If you not look at the Nordic world starting now, I would say that the coffee is so much more developed than in general, like now when I was in uh, No, I, 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 I'm, I'm making fun of it. But yeah. I, I actually, most Nordic roasts I see don't come from Nordic countries. <laughs> you know, that underdeveloped one is like, it, yeah. it's actually not. Exactly. But it's actually used as a term because if you think about it, you know... Norway, Finland, Sweden were very much the leaders in that lighter roasting style. Yeah, trying out. Yeah, trying to push the boundaries of getting away roasting oats. Um, and then the rest of the world picked up and ran with it and made the same mistakes that they made in the early days and then realised, actually, you've got to develop these a little more and make them more delicious and tasty. So although I'm, I'm, I'm half-joking about, you know, that Nordic roast underdeveloped, I, I think there was a time that it was, and I think it's definitely got better. Well, so that, that's a really nice segue, guys. Thank you. Thank you for pulling us neatly into the idea of Nordic roast and Nordic roasters, because my next question was going to be, like, I've never had the chance to go to the Nordic Roasters Cup or forum or anything like that. Um, I do not travel very much outside of my little bubble of Ireland and the UK while I'm here, which is very sad, but I'm hoping to change that very soon. Um, like, what was your experience there last week? Like, we've already spoken a little bit about Joanna's talk and sort of the message that she was getting across there. Um, but like, how are we seeing things change and, and what is it like to get together with that group of people? Um, like, what do you love? What do you, what do you dislike? How does it work? Well, I can't find many things I don't love about this. Like, it's probably my favourite forum happening. I'm going each year and it's my yeah, top of listening to always uh, visit. Uh, that being said, I think that this year's programme, per se, were, like, it covered all all of the, of the plots that you want to. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole foundation of Nordic Cross the Forum is just doing that, they're meeting, like, once per year, saying, like, should we do that again? Uh, okay, and it should never be a replication mm -hmm. of what they did the year before. They should think, like, okay, what do we want to do next year? So it's very alive, and some years there's some super inter interesting things happening, and I think this year were truly one of those, uh, from origin to roasting to um, brewing. Like, it was super good, and not just uh, the competition per se. Like the actual competition is, is 10 roasters. I signed up too late, so I missed it. Mm -hmm. um, but like to have the opportunity to get the feedback from 50, like if 50 spots available and you have to be a roaster or kappa mm -hmm. to go, it doesn't need to say that you need to be from the Nordics or what level you should be on. I mean, it's in, something for, for everyone. Uh, but to get that feedback from those 50 people, like yeah. on your coffee, like copping out, like that research is such a high value. Um, 
And it's also very, very fun to see, okay, what can you actually do with a certain kind of coffee? Yeah. And I think, say, like, it, it was, like, on on the, um, like, among the speakers, it was Nora Hinda, who was having the Motherland Pharma, like, a project in, in Rwanda, to, oh, he's one of my absolute favorites, I'm struggling to pronounce his name, it's like Hoover Poseida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from... Don't ask me to pronounce anything, jeez. Now we're talking about Colombia, Tim has done studies on soil, and on top of that, like, I was talking about roasting, Morten Munchow, who's coming to the collab as well, Mm -hmm. he has done a research on on different defects that he, like, more to science-wise presented. Rob Hoos over there and talked on a totally different angle of of roasting and another market. I think he was incredibly interesting though because it was a completely different approach to roasting that I think both we have. But actually, I took stuff away from it. Um, I took stuff away from his talk um, that I felt was, I don't know, it would kind of made me think a lot about stuff. And and, and it was great because in the Q&A afterwards, uh, you went up on the Q&A, didn't you? You were part of the... Yeah, that's yes. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and... and um, I, I love the way that he was completely willing to uh, agree that he may not be right and that he may have it wrong and it's his style and what he does and it was all very personal. But I really enjoyed Rob's talk. I had a good talk with him on the evening afterwards as well. And he was like, I don't have all the answers. You know, I've kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning as well. But this worked for me and that's what I'm sharing here. Mm. And, and, I, and I really enjoyed that talk. Mm. I thought it was good. So, and I think yeah. that's the... That's the fate, like to actually meet and try to share where you are now and open up what you wish to learn more about, that is like consistently um, getting more knowledge and more ideas about what to do, but to get some like facts down. Yeah. So, I know, I love it and it's a bunch of fun and also like just to to have the opportunity, you know, to meet so many fantastic branch colleagues and and actually get that kind of boost mm-hmm. that you get from it. I think it's also a really good excuse to get drunk as well, it seems. I mean, there seems to be beer everywhere you look on the Nordic Roasters Forum. So the... Yeah, it is, but I wouldn't say it's this, like, uh, of course, like, yes, we like beer. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not getting shit drunk, you see what no, I mean? No, no, like, I'm, I'm like again, it's actually, being... it's like, it, it, it's not, I mean, in the, if we talk about WBC and such, like, it's so many big parties, and it's so, like, people are getting, you know, overly, overly, uh, drunk and brave, but this is actually just like uh, more like a hangout and an adult thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I think, I mean, WBC parties do tend to be depraved and full of uh, people getting really, really drunk, where th- there was a constant flow of alcohol throughout the whole theme of the Nordic Roasters Forum, mm-hmm. but I stood outside having conversations about roasting curves and profiles and whether I think crapster is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's... Um, you know, so like it is, it is a very, very different uh, take, and I think there's also there's a roasters tend to you know not be going through college or doing those. You know, they've got a lot more experience of being involved in coffee, mm-hmm. so it's a slightly different party for sure. Um, but it's still a party nonetheless. There's definitely a party element to it, and I think it's a good thing. You yeah. know, I mean, co- coffee should be social. You know, that's the whole reason we've started to be silly with the coffee throwing thing. Is it's a social opportunity to get together and have some yeah, fun. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be fun. And, and I, I mean, we're always drinking like 
properly good wine. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a chance with this gang that you're having bad wine. But drinking yeah. properly good wine in Copenhagen? Oh my God, it's the world's most expensive place. It cost a fortune. I don't know how much I spent on wine and Ubers, but um, it, it, I, don't know, I thought it was really interesting. It's the first time I've been for a few years, mm-hmm. um, and I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt it was um, a very mixed set of speakers, um, uh, but you know that's that's what they're and trying a to lot do. Of a lot of cuppings, yeah. maybe yes. a little bit too. Like cupping with like fifty people is not fun. That is not You fair. can't say that. Unless you're not going to the board meeting, then you're not allowed to complain. No, I am allowed to complain, because <laughs> I couldn't get near a cupping bowl. Like, no, it was super fun. It's actually, like, one of the fun, most fun parts I've had in, in a long, long while, yeah. was actually when we were uh, copying the Castillo versus Cateras yeah, yeah, in yeah. Colombia, that um, um, uh, Hoover brought. Like, it's so much fun, and to actually see what was the most uh, tasty one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I just, I, just, I just find cupping with 50 people and you can't get near a cupping bowl until it's icy cold, not so much fun. Well, no. I mean, are you being too shy standing in the corner, aren't you? I, I am yeah, very shy and retiring. I'm well known for my shyness. And uh, now it's, it's just a free-for-all. There's cupping spoons everywhere. You should never cross the spoons. It's, yeah, um, but like, so at first to camp, we have 150 people cupping together. And it's just, I think it's just down to how things are on the table and how many cupping bowls you have. And like, I think it's, I think it's a really cool experience to be able to cup with that. Large did you not see Collins talk that baristas shouldn't cup? Yes, I did. I so totally did. So why are you doing did. that at BGE? That, that's wrong. Oh, <laughs> One, okay. that talk hasn't been released yet, so I don't want to give too much away about it. Two, I know, but it, was called, it was called fuck cupping. It was. It I'm was sorry, indeed. people are going to have a rough idea what it's about. And now, <laughs> and now, listen to you, now you're the reason why we have to have the explicit mark on this podcast this week. Thank you very <gasps> much. You, you've replaced okay. Colin Harmon as the potty mouth of Tamper Tantrum. No, no. Can I can I just point out Joanna did swear earlier, so I kind yeah, of but it wasn't as bad. Concept. It wasn't as bad. Really? No. Okay, so funk cupping. <laughs> no, but I think um, like just for the same reason why, like Joanna's like, well, we drink really good wine. Like there's there's something to be said for a taste experience, and I think what Colin was trying to get across is that it's not a useful tool for us when we're deciding how to serve our coffee or what coffee we're going to serve if you're a barista. Um, but it, that doesn't mean it's not a useful experience in other ways. Um, no, I, 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 I've built a whole career on it. I'm not about to like <laughs> bad mouth the cupping bar, but I think for the for the I mean they, I think baristas should learn it and they should be involved in cupping and they should understand it. But I, I kind of really agreed with Colin's point. There. I, I, I unfortunately yeah. haven't seen this speak. Um, but what I can say is just like that you actually have that that cupping going through say like from origin through roasteries to bars like it's something kind of interesting. But not to the it. customer. That, 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 and that's the point of it. It's like trying to decide whether a coffee's good for bar no, by cup. But, is a but really I mean, if idea. you do it just as a fun taste experience, yes, yes. and you get, if you just want to try that specific coffee and see what it's this like, with not focusing on how to brew it or how to, like I, I, I can see that it's something beautiful as well. That it's like walking all, all the line. Yeah. So. No, and I think Colin made that point in the in the in the presentation. Yeah, well. for sure. It's not like yeah, he, he he's not saying yeah, baristas shouldn't cup, but baristas cupping to try and decide how to whether it's a coffee they should serve in their shop or not is probably not the best way to no. do it. And pulling shots and making some brews of it as the customer will enjoy it is probably the most important. Yes. Um, 
for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think that, I think that but would be But I also too. think the cupping is bringing, like, uh, hopefully they are doing that for, like, then, in the optimal bar, say, 3FE, that you then actually are logging the notes on espresso as carefully and as filtered and what the customer feedback is and such. Because I think that's what the cupping situation is doing, that you actually try to to get some some uh, flavor facts down. Mm-hmm. What is this and what am I tasting? But but cupping as so a cupping as a QC as uh, a quality control kind of thing for uh, coffee shops is a really bad way of measuring quality and tasting shots and tasting brews is, is much more happening? important. There's a lot of people yeah. who do use as, uh, cupping as a quality control for their coffee shops. Uh, I've spoken to a few. Uh, I think that was why Colin was inspired to do that talk. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a thing. Uh, and Jeremy at Proof Rock sat at the front of the uh, audience, <laughs> furious all the way through it. <laughs> furious! Absolutely yeah. furious, yeah. yeah. When it came to questions, he was definitely ready. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, like Nordic Roasters Forum, just wrapping up that one, I think I think it's really fun. I think it's 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 great to have something just for roasters and cuppers. Um, I think that there's there's plenty for baristas out there. Um, and it's really nice to have something that just focuses on roasters and a chance for European roasters to kind of really just get together and hang out. So that's my conclusion from it all, that it was just, it was fun. Yeah. Well, again, another beautiful segue. Thank you. Um, no problems, Jennifer. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> like, guys, this is not even what I had on the script. So, like, I'm, I'm really pleased with us today. We're doing very well. Um Joanna, you you have always been a really positive supporter of coffee professionals getting together, and um, I know that you've been a big supporter of what Bristol of Europe is doing, and I know that you've been invited to be um, a part of putting together a Roasters Guild of Europe. Is is that still on the the cards? Is it still coming together? And is that I mean, I based on what you've said about Nordic Roasters Forum, I'd imagine that this is going to be another really awesome thing as well, um, and a good opportunity for roasters to get together. But how far are you guys in that process? I mean, it's happening. Like yeah. it is actually happening, and I think the the request and the, like, yeah, how many questions and Facebook message and emails, I, just that I'm already getting just by adding like one post that it's like we're having a meeting. It's crazy. Like roasters in Europe are screaming after this, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be so nice to actually just like first do it one year and see like okay. What, what do people want? What are they screaming after? What are they, they longing mm-hmm. for? So at the moment now, it's more or less just said that it should be should be something that is fun, uh, a lot of knowledge, no level set that is actually should be like very available and reachable for everyone. Uh, it, it will be in September 2016, and place is not fully set uh, yet. It's still like two options at the table. Um, no, it's it's happening, and I think that like if you look at the the different Facebook pages and mm-hmm. everything that is going on on the roasting, I think that so many of us are longing for something something concrete yeah. to to like a meetup to get together and do this. So I personally hope it fails, as I wasn't invited to come along and help with the setting up of it. So I wish it all of the bad luck in the world. You are such a grump. Oh my god. <laughs> I was sending texts during the meeting to Jen though and saying like beg them please do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, get Jen involved. Don't worry about me. I could I, I could have something to add to that debate. 
I think, Steve, you are often very vocal and negative about certain certain people in the coffee industry and how they work together. And and, and I think that may you. have that may have tarnished your reputation a little bit. Like I do think I do think you love getting involved. I think you are always the first person to put your hand up and to to offer yourself up to, to volunteer. Like I've seen it time and time again, but I also think given your very vocal nature, I can imagine that people might have thought that if they'd asked you, you'd just go, fuck off. Well, you know what? When the, when the SCAA takes over the SCAE, yeah, and crushes the Roasters Guild, that's when I'll, I'll be sitting there laughing, smiling. Does this mean that you will give a consortium by CE as well? I could do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe I'll go and join the Roasters Guild in, uh, in the SCAA. Like that, they all want me. Is G- is Julie who still uh, running that one there? Or how? Sorry, though. Um, I don't. I don't think Julie is running the Roasters Guild, but I do know she's still involved with SCA. She was chair, wasn't she? Oh, she was chair of the of the Bristol of America. Oh, that's right. Sorry, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, she introduced me to the chair of the the, the Roasters Guild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. No, I'm going to go and join. The, I'm going to join the Roasters Guild of America because when they take you over, they'll just get rid of you. So. Oh dear. <laughs> Okay, so I have a bazillion more questions I could ask. Joanna is one of my favorite people, um, but we are coming up on an hour. Steve, is there anything else you'd like you to You try ask? working with her. She fastly becomes an unfavorite person when you try and work oh. with her. <laughs> Do you see the cracks appearing in the, already in this? Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, this has been fun. Um, I, I kind of, I'm very much looking forward to going to, um, to Paris. Yes. Um, uh, this week and, and obviously all of the things that have happened there um, I think it's kind of important that we carry on and do those things um, I, obviously our thoughts are with all of our, our friends in France yes. and particularly in Paris we have a, a lot of coffee friends there and a lot of who we've been talking with mm-hmm. recently because of uh, the BG happening there this week yeah. um, the feeling from those guys is very much they want us to still come and do it and they still want us to be part of it want to carry on as normal and definitely my reaction when I heard about this uh, over the weekend was like I'm definitely going to Paris now more than ever yes, I'm going yeah, exactly. um, I'm not letting a terrorist scare me away from doing the things that I do and I want to do yeah. um, and I think it's really important that we you know, we send that message out I think it's also really important to send the message out we know some friends won't feel comfortable coming Yes. Uh, and I'm really cool with that too I completely respect their their point of view um i think by us going we're giving them the opportunity to make a decision on that and i think that's important and yes. if friends don't come we understand um it's something we've given a, a lot of thought to as well but i think it's important we give the opportunity to to stand beside our french friends absolutely and, uh, and make sure that we support them yeah i mean we we uh, i was i was just reading the news before i was going to bed and i saw i saw the news come in and you know my initial gut reaction was is everyone okay? And then from there we went to, all right, so there's a lot going on and we don't want to make any calls ourselves. We want to see how everyone feels there, how our local partners feel, how our friends feel and let them sort of make the call. And, and very quickly, they were, they were very quickly quick to respond and say, yes, we are safe. We are okay. And, you know, provided that the government lets us go ahead, we, we still want to go ahead. We feel it's important to go ahead. Like life and life must go on. Um, and I know that some of them were in their shops the very next day opening up and being there for their community. And some of them had to, to close a day or two because things were, you know, just, just that crazy, um, understandably around their area, but they are open now. And, um, yeah, I think we, we want to be there. I think the, the moment that we let fear dictate 
um, what we do uh, than than the people who have created the fear have won. So I am I'm really pleased that this has been the decision that SEAE and BG have come to. We are happy to support them with that. Uh, we are very happy to be in Paris, and um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to being there. I think it's going to be um, a really special moment when we we all come into the room together and and we're all there. Like I'm, I'm there's a certain amount of of love that I know we have for our. Parisian brothers and sisters in coffee and and for the for the community as a whole the entire community the city and, and the country and um, it'll be really nice to be there with them yeah no, for sure I think it's yeah, I, you know I definitely think uh, I'm, I'm pleased I made that decision too and I'm pleased we we're able to make that decision as well yeah. um, but you know those those guys who can't you know they don't feel comfortable coming I, I really I completely yes, understand that point of view as well. Yeah. Uh, and there will be videos. There will be so videos, exactly. Th- there is a bonus that they won't miss out completely. They'll be able to see all the amazing talks on the videos. So yes. and, uh, that's um, a good thing too. We're gonna we're gonna be covering things obviously as as things happen while we're there, the talks and, and trying to give as much insight as possible to those who can't make it. Um, and then in addition, I know the BGE has secured some some additional sort of media and social media partners, so they'll be doing quite a lot as well, I think. Um there's just going to be a lot coming, a lot of love coming out of from Paris. So if you can't make it, totally cool. We're right there with you, and um, and just keep an eye because um, then and you'll be able to see the video soon. But we'll we'll be there on social media trying to keep you along with us. So. And I'm going to try and record some mini interviews for our, our our mini ones while we're out there as well that we haven't had for a while to drop into podcasts and things about people you know Super. people working around there. So I think we'll we'll get more content, which will be awesome. Always a good thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think we've rattled on long enough. Thank you, Joanna. Yes, thank you for thank joining you. us. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to join. You're always having fun and interesting conversations. Yeah, thank you for what you do. Oh, thanks, Joanna. Well, that's it for us from now. We'll see you, some of you in Paris this week, and, um, and then we'll go from there. Over and out. Over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.